Loki is burdened. Updates from the Borderlands set, Bad Batch recap, and still no Spider-Man trailer. What's up with that, Marvel? All this and more on Geekly Bi-Weekly. All right. Hey, guys. Lela, welcome. Lela, Lela, welcome. Yeah, I don't know why I Lela, Lela, but whatever. Um... Hey guys, welcome to uh, Geekly by Weekly. I know that we've been gone for a little bit, but um, we are back and we are uh, fantastic and feeling good. And we're just glad to have you guys here with us again. Um, we did miss you very much. Very much. It is good to be back. We also miss Matt. Yes, we miss Matt always. Good to be back after yeah. the uh, technical difficulties that we had had previously, but it's good to good to be here. It's always good to be here, especially with you guys. We really appreciate you guys sticking around and listening in still, even even all the like including all the people that I've told about this at work that like coworkers and plugging my stuff and uh customers. Thank you, customers from where I work. I'm not gonna say where I work because you guys don't need to know that kind of thing. Stalkers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as of right now, we are actually, while we're recording this, we are also live streaming on uh, my personal account and on the Geekly by Weekly account. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone just asked why I was mean in school. Um, I'm not answering that one right now. Anyways. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, because why not? Also, that's probably one of the students from the school I probably. work at. Um Hey, so Matt can't be here. I just want to let you guys know that right now. Matt can't be here. Usually he'll kind of put his voice in there every now and then and talk to us like when we taunt him. Mm-hmm. But he can't be here because he doesn't have a microphone. So honestly, what's he going to do? Like he really honestly can't even mess with us. Like he's what? He's going to edit me. Out. So Loki, <laughs> we got the first episode. It was a fantastic premiere. Yeah, it really, really was a good premiere, wasn't it? Starting major, major spoiler alerts for all of the topics that we're going to be talking about today. As always, spoilers, don't listen. If you have not watched, pause it, go move, everything will be fine. We'll be here. Yeah, so Loki, uh, we're opening back up in the Avengers timeline to kind of see exactly where this Loki transitions off and uh we get to see what actually where he goes after he takes the tesseract from the end game split off and it was the gobi desert so you know yeah he He ends up in the gobi desert what the hell because why not um and uh trying to do his loki thing by getting the conquering going on and he ends up getting interrupted by the minutemen or the time police who decide to just fuck his shit up. Um, so yeah, I mean, he kind of deserves it, but whatever. Truly he did. Um, yeah. So we get to kind of see the TVA a little bit. Uh, the keepers of the timeline get to learn about the, the sacred timeline, um, how they are kept, what these Minutemen are doing. And then, yeah, it's time for Loki to kind of stand trial. What, what did you now, think just about real quick, that? Uh, before we do officially like get into it, get into it, uh, Ida over here mentioned TVA. Uh, just so you guys know, TVA is the Time Variance Authority. They're the guys that make sure that everyone's timeline stay in track and mm-hmm. in order and things that they're supposed to be doing instead of going around and picking up Tesseracts and trying to fuck up other timelines, looking at you again, Loki. I love you, Tom Hilston. But yeah, so uh, Loki gets to stand trial for splitting off the timeline. We, we get that whole interaction of him standing trial, and a god does not plead. Um, yeah, exactly. Of course, why would they? 
But yeah, so we get to see a little bit of Agent Mobius as well, which is Owen Wilson's character. Super excited to yeah. see where he goes with that. And he didn't say wow at all in one. I, he's got to say it at least one time before the uh, the series is over. He does. If he doesn't, I'm going to be sincerely disappointed because wow. <laughs> you know, honestly, I, I'm 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 really setting up myself. I don't want to say for disappointment, but I know that it's going to be kind of bittersweet for two reasons. One of them I'll get into later, but um, one of them right now is we're only getting six episodes. Yes, there's only six. Yeah, if this iteration of Loki is going to get his own independent timeline, or if he's just fucked, because that is probably going to be the more likely scenario. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's my issue with this. Like, like I know, like we're trying to get into the episode, but I've already got to bring up an issue that I have with this. Mm-hmm. He is supposed to be like fixing the timelines and whatnot, correct? Mm-hmm. No matter what he does, once he fixes all of them, all it's going to do is going to lead him to his death at the beginning of Infinity War, and that's going to be it for him mm-hmm. because that's where he's supposed to die. That's where he's supposed to end at. You know? Yeah. That that is the end of his timeline. And as well with him watching that too, it makes me wonder, like, okay, so he's just not gonna want to do shit. Like he knows where his timeline ends. Yeah, but at that point he's already seen it, so he's gonna be he's gonna be going in like with he the knowledge. said it in stone, you know? Yeah. He's going in with the knowledge that this is already set in stone. Um as well, another like little fun thing that I liked was the fact that they made Loki be D B Cooper. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a notorious little, uh, uh, little tale that is that's crazy and the fact that the reason he did was because Thor dared him that makes like, sense it was so good Like, it, no it's perfect it perfectly explains uh, that real life character or not character but real life person yeah, the, like, and how he just disappeared you know yep he just disappeared after that, it was ridiculous, but yeah, it, it was it was truly a way to point out how mischievous Loki is because he's yeah, the god of mischief, monster. Yeah, truly. Um, yes, he was a great surprise. Yeah, so we had the DB Cooper. It showed a lot of Loki's uh, life, him uh, as well, seeing kind of the aftermath of him assassinating his mom basically was, was yeah heartbreaking to watch um not so much assassinating her but setting her up for her death you know yeah to a point yeah um but i think it really it really helps to kind of reiterate dark world and not make it as awful um mm, no i don't think anything could save that movie I don't know. I'm kind of hopeful because, again, you're seeing different angles. You're seeing different ways. Maybe it'll be salvageable. You uh, know, and I was really excited for that movie, too, because uh, fucking Christopher Eccleston was playing the main villain. I love Christopher Eccleston. He was my favorite doctor in Doctor Who, like, absolutely the best. He you was know? true. Oh, yeah. He's probably my favorite doctor as well. Admittedly. Yeah, another comment that we're getting on our Instagram right now, uh, seeing Loki cry absolutely did humanize him, and I loved that. Yes. It was it was very important to kind of humanize him, because we, we see him as the trickster and the, the villain and things like that, but this really helped to reiterate the fact that, like, this is a person. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh, sorry, I'm still waking up. I've been up since seven, but I'm still waking up, apparently. How dare you? <laughs> 
Um, all right. So then what happened next? Because I know that at one point we see him like walking through the TVA and like, when he was standing on trial where he said that he doesn't plead or gods don't plead, he -hmm. goes and like tries to activate his magic and like pull out his knives and shit right yes and magic does not work magic does not work or else everyone in that room would have been massacred real quick real Um, quick so then he's walking through the tva and he sees like how big and vast this huge city is and whatnot um and he was like i thought magic there was no magic here uh owen wilson's character uh what mobius right mobius agent mobius Agent Mobius was like, yeah, there's, sorry, yeah, there's no magic here. And, like, <laughs> just, just the sprawling city was incredible. I don't know, I mean, obviously it was CGI, but, like, whoever came up with the, that design uh, did a fantastic job. On top of that, the set design on the show was fantastic in general. Really fantastic as well. I want to say it was... Uh Thor 258 that the time the Minutemen and the TVA was first announced and there's a little Easter egg where you can see 258 on the top of one of the buildings and uh, when you look at that expansive scene. Really? Because I thought that it was uh, Thor uh, 372. That it could that be that. Was in uh, 86. It could be that. I, I could be getting the numbers wrong, but I know that there were the numbers to um, iterate the first appearance of the TVA. So we've got that. Um, so he kind of gets a little bit of the explanation from Mobius that magic does not work, uh, nor do the laws that Loki maybe is familiar with work on in the TVA. So we as well, we've got this other character, Hunter B-15, and she is played by Wumni uh, Masaku who was also in Lovecraft Country. She's an absolutely incredible actress. I'm not blaming anyone for not having finished that show, but um, Kelsey, I'm blaming you for having not finished that show. Okay, well, I'm looking at her because you need to finish it. It was great. You're right. And I'm probably going to start it maybe tonight after I watch Harley Quinn. Anyways. um, It's such a good show, right? Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, so we get to see a little bit of her... uh, yeah, she ends up kind of tracking down Loki because he decides he's going to run off and try to find that Tesseract that he saw the receptionist Casey take. And Casey was played by Eugene Cordero, who another hilarious, phenomenal actor. Um, you may know him from The Good Place. Uh, that's where I was kind of first introduced and made known of him. But he's utterly hilarious and in so many movies um so loki finds the tesseract discovers that it does not actually work as well as a whole slew of infinity stones which Which was surprising as fuck to me yeah i've seen memes though as well that they take um oh crap what the hell is his name he was in falcon and winter soldier and had the turkish delights because they look very similar the turkish delights Oh, uh, Zemo? Yeah, Zemo. I've seen a lot of memes online where it's comparing the Infinity Stones to being Turkish delights. It's great. Anyways. I do um, love that. That's funny. Yeah, but so Loki finds the Tesseract, finds the Infinity Stones, and ends up uh, getting back to the questioning room uh, to 
go through all of his memories and then gets tracked down by Hunter B-15 and has a scuffle with her. He manages to get out of his collar, um, but reconnects with Mobius and, again, has that reiterated bit where magic doesn't work. Um, you can't You can't just go based off of what you knew. Um, one thing that we didn't really touch on uh, was that there's a bit of a um, subplot going on uh-huh. where the TVA is looking for someone that is, like, actively attacking and murdering their, not trainees, their... Um, their troops, I guess. Yes. Their people. Um, which comes to a head at the end of the episode, which I'm sure you were just about to bring up. Just wanted to, you know, make sure that that was covered real quick. Yeah, um, no, no worries. I'm not gonna cover everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out that uh Mobius, who's played by Owen Wilson, we've said this like seven hundred times now, um, and his team are looking for someone that is, like I just said, killing off his team members and his crew. Um and they, he decided to keep Loki alive uh, to help them find uh-huh. who it is. And yeah. as it turns out, the person that they are searching for is Loki. Please, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> say it again. Then I need you to like toss in uh, some dramatic ass music. So I'm gonna ready. The person they're looking for is Loki. I'm sure you put music in there. Um, <laughs> Just in case. We're um, covered. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Honestly, if you didn't put it in there, I'm just going to look like a fool. But it doesn't take Matt uh, not doing anything to make me look like a fool. I can do that all on my own. Easily um, on your own. Okay, you weren't supposed to agree, but all right, cool. Thank you for that. Um, I'm just agreeing with your fantastic points. I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, I am fantastic. Uh <laughs> So, like I said, uh, we find out that it's Loki that they're looking for. Uh, and at the very end of the episode, it shows some of the uh, TVA agents going to, what, the early 1800s? Yes, it is the early 1800s. We initially find out that they're tracking that p- person in 1549, I want to say. And then, yeah. So Wait, we just said it was the early 1800s, though. For the first time that we see... Are, are we talking about the same character, the devil? No, no, no. I was talking about at the end of the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The mysterious cloaked figure. Yeah, because that's what I was going to bring up is, oh, thank you, computer. That was wonderful of you. Um, that's what I was going to bring up is those, uh, they they get out there and they're like, oh, cool. There's something here from uh, early 22nd century, mm-hmm. like a, a little time thingy. Uh and we're like, oh, cool. What is that? Who did this? Um, and they also find out that there's oil on the ground. So they're like getting ready to get out of there. But they find, they see someone off in the distance and they're like, cool. Hey, uh, who are you? Can we talk about this for a minute? And start walking towards that person. Uh, the person holds up a lantern and drops it onto the oil, which like quickly spreads fire and um, makes the Minutemen a, a little bit toasty. Yeah, little burnt, crispy Minutemen. Which uh, a lot of people are thinking that the person that did that and dropped all the, uh, or dropped the fire on them was, um, well, obviously it's Loki, but it's supposed to be Lady Loki, who we actually talked about in Mm -hmm. uh, one of the previous episodes. 
this is going to be another glimpse into the multiverse and how it interacts with the regular universe. We're looking at uh, who plays female Loki. Huh. As you can tell, we're really well researched. Oh, no. I just clicked on We Got This Covered. Why would I do this? <gasps> wow. I know. I'm so sorry. Resorting to them. Okay. Yeah, you guys deserve better than that. I'm so sorry. It does not say on the IMDb, but I am going to say it's probably Sofia Martino. That's exactly what I was just about to say. Sofia Martino. she is also known uh, for being... In the show Flowers, the movie Yesterday, Into the Badlands. Oh, yeah, we talked about this. We did definitely talk about this mm-hmm. because I remember um, uh, as, uh, wondering uh, where she was from, and I do got to watch that show, Into the Badlands. Also, Cameo, I see you on the uh, live stream, and I'm also wondering that why aren't the TVA's uh, suits fireproof? You would think that they've got all this technology, and they're just like, nah, fire ain't going to affect us. Right? Like, um, excuse you, why? Fire is so basic. And How you don't, like you said, it doesn't have to be indestructible. <laughs> it just has to just be flame retardant, you know? It's mm-hmm. easy. Yeah. They do it in theater on stage curtains. We do. Uh, I used to work at Disney, and there would be IFRing costumes. Like, it, it's really easy. It's really easy to make things inherently flame retardant. Like, it's not. Okay, I'm upset. it's all right i get it oh another thing that we didn't bring up there was a little easter egg of potentially agent carter showing up in loki that's actually something that i really wanted to get into and i can't believe i totally forgot about it um so when loki finally gets his uh his shot collar off i guess his shot collar Mm -hmm. of time uh He's running around and doing his thing and trying to escape. And in the back, we see a TVA agent with someone that looks strikingly like Peggy Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys over at Nerdist, uh, Dan Casey, we love you. Please come on the show. Please. They talked about this, and they actually brought up a really good point. That's something that I didn't even think about. Um, I think they were showing the TVA retconning the Marvel universe. It could be, but at the same time, I don't know if they will. Like, as they mentioned, with with that whole point of the Avengers taking all the infinity stones, it was intended in the timeline. Wouldn't that have also semi been intended? Well, I don't know because I mean, I I don't, I don't feel like they're retconning the timeline, but like retconning the various timeline or not the various time, the, I guess the variable timeline, um, where we had the show, uh, Peggy or agent Carter and uh, agents of shield It's true because they don't exist in universe anymore. They don't at all. Or else if they did, they would have shown, uh, when uh, Owen Wilson's character Mobius was showing Loki his whole life and whatnot. Um, It would have shown that, like, he kills, kills um, Coulson, but he comes back to life anyways. And they didn't show that. It's true. So I think they're genuinely going back and, like, saying, hey, these shows don't exist in this timeline at all. It'll be really interesting to see if Marvel actually officially comes out to say that. Um, And I mean, like, 
I don't know. Are they going to do a whole Star Wars type thing where they just get rid of half of their shit because it doesn't make sense with canon anymore? I mean, it is Disney. They're bound to do it eventually. It's true. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens with it. Um, it's definitely a, an interesting viewpoint. Thank you, Dan Casey, for uh, writing that article about it. You can check that yeah, out on Yeah, until we get to that point and we actually know what's going on, it, uh, it's just kind of up in the air for now. Yeah. But uh, one thing that is definitely not up in the air is um, Netflix's uh, Jupiter's Legacy. It got canned. It got it got super canceled, man. Like yeah, and everyone's uh, complaining about it because it left, uh, apparently the show left off with a pretty big cliffhanger. It was um, a I didn't large watch the cliffhanger. Show. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it was a pretty large cliffhanger, and it just, it seemed like Netflix almost didn't really give it the chance to kind of let it bloom, but I feel like Netflix kind of has a history of that, where when they don't see immediate success with their shows, even though Jupiter's Legacy was like number one for at least a week, I want to say, they just didn't see renewing it and didn't see the viewing that they wanted, so they canceled it. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Maybe it'll have the luck that like Tuca and Birdie had and will get picked up by another network and that way they can really pick up that cliffhanger. Um, definitely check it out if you want a fun, you know, what if superheroes were concerned about the, the world type situation and didn't want to step in to political bits. Um, it's definitely along the same vein as Boys, Invincible, those, those types of shows. So if you enjoy those shows, you'll probably enjoy this. It's just a little less graphic. Um, well, my thing about the show, like, like like I said, I hadn't watched it or haven't watched it yet. Um, and Netflix canceling it. And I, I kind of understand because Netflix at this point is just a money printing machine when it comes true. to their shows. They make shit and they want it to succeed. But they're not doing... They could really take a page from uh, what Disney is doing, and instead of releasing it all at once, release them one episode at a time so you force people to come back instead of having them binge watch it all in one sitting and then being like, all right, cool, what now? Yeah. If you got people coming back for more, it's, it's all about viewer retention, you know? Yes. And Netflix, I'm sure they understand that, but they're not implementing it at all. Which, at the same time, I am a sucker for a sit-down-and-binge-the-show type of thing, but that is something that HBO has going for their shows, is that a lot of them, especially if they know they're going to be popular, they do space them out. And at the end of that episode, I'm always real pissed at HBO going, why did you make this an episodic thing where you're releasing it week by week when I just want to watch it now? But guess what? I'm there the next week watching it and seeing exactly what's going to happen. And that does keep up that retention, as you mentioned. I mean, I know that it's been canceled already and I'm going to watch it anyways just because I actually finally watched the trailer and um, it looks good. It looks fun. It was really fun. I definitely recommend watching it. Um, I know I had mentioned off microphone hey we should see about talking about it and i didn't think it was going to get canceled because i figured oh okay well you know we can wait until the next episode and kind of do a full breakdown and it gives it 
time for the viewers to have a little bit more, or our listeners to watch it. And then it got canceled. So, um, yeah, if you guys want a, a fun kind of gritty superhero show that isn't as violent as say the boys or invincible if that's not really your thing jupiter's legacy was really great it was really interesting uh definitely brought up a lot of philosophical points and was a fun watch yeah no definitely something i'm, I'm gonna have to watch eventually because um you know yeah might as well what else am i gonna do truly we're still in that weird middle ground of do we go out do we stay in what do we do uh, you can bet your ass that I'm going out. Also, I can't say sweet ass because we're both in relationships, and that would just be weird. But, I mean, yours is. <laughs> no, no. I have Hank Hill ass, and it's the worst. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Am I... Actually, you wouldn't know if I was wrong or not because uh, you've never seen it. Uh, thank your stars that you've never seen it. It's been a minute since I've seen it. Actually, it's been a minute since I've seen you in general, like, yeah. in person. But, you know, that's just me. Yeah, it's true. All right, so shall we move back? Yeah, moving on. <laughs> um, I know that we've got updates from the Borderlands set. Not only do we have uh, silhouette figures of the characters, but also yesterday uh, during E3, or during... Uh, uh, the Gearbox E3, like, promotions and whatnot, um, they went behind the scenes on mm-hmm. set with, like, multiple characters and actually showed off one of the guns. Yes. That being said, we are looking... Actually, I'm currently looking at it right now. Um, they are showing off... I think it's called the Infinity Pistol? Yes. What's this thing called? Uh, it looks like they pulled it straight out of the, the video game. It's true. They they look really good. Um, it's the Vladov Infinity Pistol, I want to say. Is, and, I mean, it really, it looks exactly like in the game. Um, I was a huge player of Borderlands. I know, I don't think you have played since no, not we've yet. discussed it last. But, yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun. The silhouettes that they posted look really cool, so I'm excited to see that. Um, yeah, it's, it's good to have confirmation as well of the main characters that we are getting with, uh, and not being official. I'm really excited. Tiny Tina is one of my favorite characters. And so I'm glad that she's going to be on the screen. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. So we'll keep you updated as we get further news on that now, while they were actually going just real quick while they were going behind scenes for this uh this e3 thing um kevin hart who's actually going to be playing roland uh showed up uh during behind the scenes look though he wasn't in costume he said you have no idea what's under this jacket as far as the casting goes i'm sure we covered it but like just to go over it one more time uh we have gina gershon as moxie we have kate blanchett as lilith jack black as claptrap i love that so much i love jack black Mm -hmm. Uh, he deserves the world we have jamie lee curtis as tannis ariana greenblatt as tiny tina Edgar Ramirez is Atlas, Kevin Hart, Roland, Cheyenne, Cheyenne, Cheyenne Jackson as Jacobs, uh-huh. Janina Gavanker, G- Gavanker. Let me try that one more time. 
Janina Gavankar as Knox, Bobby Lee as Larry. I, it, it's a good cast. It's a great it cast. It really genuinely yeah. is. Um, when we post this episode up, I'm not sure if we posted them already uh, on the Twitter, but we are definitely going to have to post the um, the silhouette photos that they posted because they look good. They look phenomenal. The costume outlooks already look fantastic, and it's very distinct. Like That's the thing, is that each character has their own distinct silhouette, and you can tell that they're really pushing that through as well for the movie. Which is good because the video game movies have a really bad tendency to like go off on their own kind of thing and uh, try and take too much artistic liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take something that that's already been perfected and just transfer it from the from the game to the screen, mm-hmm. you're set. Yeah, I mean, but uh, it doesn't need much tweaking, you know. It's easier said than done, though, because as like with costuming in order when you have something so distinct and you have to entirely replicate it, it gets really tricky. So it it really shows kind of the attention to detail that they're putting in in order to really make it look. And don't get me wrong, you're not wrong about saying that it's tricky, but these are multi-million dollar companies. Oh, yeah. They can afford it. It's just they don't always want to shell out that money. No, and I get that, but at the same time, you've also got these cosplayers that are doing it better than the fucking movies. Cosplay? You cosplayers, we see you. Yeah, we actually got to do an episode on cosplay soon. We do. um, Which is kind of going to be kind of hard because... uh, you know, this is more of an audio thing and not a visual thing, but uh, we'll, we'll figure it out eventually. We'll figure it out. Maybe we'll do like a video. I don't know. We'll figure that one out. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do with this movie. I I love just about everyone that's in this movie, especially Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie I, Lee Curtis, she could step on me and I would thank her. Oh, yeah. I, I would relish at that opportunity. All right. Like, I'd love uh, Jamie Lee. Uh, Jamie Lee and Sigourney Weaver can do no wrong. Both entirely incredible, iconic legends that I just want to simultaneously step on. I would. I agree. Don't get me wrong. I agree. I would also like to throw in. Um, oh Christ! What's her name? She was in Rocky Horror. Susan Sarandon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because I figured you probably didn't mean Lil Nell or, uh, oh crap, I can't, if I hadn't said Lil Nell, I would have been able to say her name. Honestly, you don't even have to say it right now, because I didn't, I meant Susan Sarandon. Also, uh, Octavia Spencer, and uh, who's the woman that played um, Black Panther's mom? How do I always forget her name, but absolutely love her? I am a bad black person when it comes to this kind of thing. I can say it. I'm black. It's okay. Angela Bassett. Yes. Angela Bassett. Oh my God. That woman is just absolutely incredible. And I hope that she is having a wonderful day today and for the rest of her life. Yeah. Same. She deserves just peace, love, and tranquility. Uh, You know who else deserves peace, love, and tranquility is um, the crew in the Bad Batch because they are going through it right now. They are. Things have been rough for the batch these last few episodes. Um, I, 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 so before we get into it, I really am enjoying this show. Mm-hmm. 
But at the same time, it's just kind of like a noise filler for me. Like I'm watching it, but I'm not watching it at the same time, you know? I I found I'm really having to like force myself to actively pay attention. Yeah. It's a great show. The animation's fantastic. Everybody involved is wonderful. But yeah, yeah no, no, it's no, definitely, doing a wonderful job. It's definitely one of those where it's like, oh, okay, this is kind of filling my time. Yeah. Which I feel is a shame. I feel like I need to appreciate it a little bit more. But at the same time, I think I'd probably appreciate it more had I come from watching Clone Wars. And because I'm still making my way through that, it's been tricky for me to really be invested. Well, even as someone that's come from watching Clone Wars, and I absolutely loved that show, the show doesn't feel like there is any kind of urgency or stakes to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like with Clone Wars, there was a lot going on and a lot of sub stories and a lot of subplots. But this just feels like, oh, we're on the run and we've got a child with us. That's yeah. it. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, the interesting things. So to kind of break down episode six briefly, they were trying to track down a tactical droid on a mission that Sid gave them. Um, so they find that it's on this junker planet. And they have to kind of go through that, uh, end up dodging a lot of the police droids that are set up around there until they finally kind of track it down and find out that the tactical droid is actually in pieces, but all they need is the head, so they're fine, until they find out they are not the only people going after this tactical droid. And it's kind of a... a battle between the two thieves that are trying to get this piece as well as the police droids and kind of the chaos that ensues from that um yeah what did you think about episode six any any real thoughts I thought episode six was a lot of fun because we are seeing recurring characters. Yes. We saw uh, Sid and what's her name? Uh, Rafa from uh -huh. the Clone Wars, who was near the end of the series uh, when, spoiler alert, um, what's her name? Ahsoka was banned from the, uh, the Jedi Temple. Yeah. And had to go off and do her own thing. She meets these people who kind of, I don't want to say take her in for a couple episodes, but like she helps them. It's kind of a mutual kind of thing, you know? Um uh -huh. It was. It's really cool seeing them again. Yeah. But I feel like the show is catering too much and too heavy on Omega. Yeah, which I get the point of that. But also, she's not my favorite character. Yeah, no, and don't get me wrong. Like, Michelle, uh, Michelle Ong, or Michelle Ang. Michelle Eng, we're going to go with Michelle Eng, uh, is doing a wonderful job of voicing her. I'm absolutely loving the work mm -hmm. that she's putting in. But the character isn't interesting to me. Yeah, we don't really know a lot about her other than she's just kind of a kid clone who maybe has some stuff going on with her. And not only that, like, I think that's what's, what's making it interesting is that, like, they've set up this mystery around her and they're not pushing it. Anything. They're not advancing it. Yeah. They're not they're not really doing anything with it. It's just kind of, ooh, she's a mystery. Yeah, exactly. It feels very, oh, she's mysterious. We don't know what kind of clone she is. Okay, anyways, we got to go find this droid. Well, and what I'm really afraid of, granted, 
I can't remember the exact amount of episodes, I'm looking it up right now, um, that we're getting with this, but I'm kind of afraid that what's going to end up happening is they just really, really rush through the last few episodes to try to give this probably I'm gonna suspect a cliffhanger to try to get another season out with Omega but at the same time I don't want that like I want a little bit of that information and I want it to be more of a slow burn than a quick 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 here's a cliffhanger maybe we'll get rid yeah. of it now we are getting 16 episodes of this series so we're, um, we're not quite halfway yet uh, yeah, actually, this next episode, we're going to be halfway through. Um, I, I really want to enjoy this show. Mm-hmm. It's It seems like it's got good heart, but they aren't utilizing the characters and, and pushing the story far and fast enough. Um, like you said, there should be, it should be a slow burn kind of thing, mm-hmm. but at this point, it's a no burn. Like, it's just like them existing within the universe, and it feels very, um... Very fan servicey at points, which is cool. Yeah. Like I love to see it, but that was also the downfall of uh, the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, too fan service. It was too much fan service, and it did a disservice to the fans because of it. Um, yeah, because I mean, like with episode six, you kind of see that they're trying to get Omega's skills up. You've got the like training scene. To try to get her trained with the bow and arrow, or like the plasma bow, whatever. Yeah, trying to make her, is. you know, useful. Um, and then as well, she's kind of bringing the softness that the guys aren't necessarily able to, because like her interaction with the two thief kind of characters, I honestly couldn't catch their names. So the two female thieves trying to get the tactical droids. Sid and Rafa. Was it Sid and Rafa? Yeah, I'm looking at them right now. I'm on the IMDb page and everything. Okay, well then you know, and I don't. But I didn't catch the names. Because <laughs> um, I know that Sid was the one who also sent them on the mission. Oh, wait, hold on. Then maybe you're right. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I was like, Sid? Sorry, my bad. Trace and Rafa. Trace and Rafa. I was like, I know it's not Sid. <laughs> like... I, us being fools. Sid could be a double agent, but I don't think that Sid could completely change their appearance that drastically. Uh, first of all, you don't know that because we all saw it's episode true. one where that one assassin got hit by a dart and switched their shit up completely. It's true. Um, but so like... Omega's definitely bringing a softness that the guys aren't. And I can see that as well right now what they're really trying to do with episode seven being based around them meeting Rex and finding Rex and finding about the inhibitor chips and the damage that that can do. Um, You know, you can tell that they're kind of trying to get that set up of like, all right, the inhibitor chips have been taken out in episode seven. um, And now maybe they can kind of focus on Omega, but at the same time, I don't really know. We haven't seen anything to suggest that something with Omega is really going to happen anytime soon. So why? So here's the thing. Um, This episode, uh, what is called battle scars where they get their chips removed. Mm -hmm. I think was the most urgent feeling episode for me at one point in it. Uh, when, uh, what's his name? Wrecker. Wrecker. Loses his shit and, like, starts attacking everyone. 
And chasing after Omega. That was a fantastic. Yeah. It felt really good because it showed that they were also vulnerable as much as they didn't want to be that they were vulnerable to the chip that, uh, that, that was inside of them. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you, Captain Rex for coming around and saving their asses because honestly, if he didn't, and I know it's all written and pre-planned and whatnot, but if he didn't show up when he did, Omega would have been fucking obliterated. Done. Toast. Gone. <laughs> yeah. Omega more gone. like Onega. <laughs> <laughs> the look you're giving me. Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> this is the benefit of the live. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like like being able to see. Oh God, we're gonna have to do this more often, aren't we? I like this. this uh, yeah, dynamic. I think uh, I think we're gonna have to do this more often for our one current viewer, which is. Yeah, I don't know who it is. Uh, whoever it is, see. please say hi, it's and we'll give you, you a shout out. <laughs> oh no! Because I'm listed as no viewers. So it's you, my dude. Well, I was going to say we'll give you a shout out. Um, but hey, hey, shout out to Hogan for watching <laughs> his own live stream. Oh, my God. Uh, we need more people, don't we? Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> you know what we should do? Uh, I would like for us to do a uh, a contest. Uh, once we get to 150 followers on yes. our uh, Instagram page. I will personally send you a thank you note, like a thank you video, and also mm-hmm. a $20 gift card to Amazon. We're putting that out there right now. Get yeah. us up some viewers. Actually, you know what? Whoever gets us our 150th viewer or uh, follower is also going to get a Amazon gift card, and then we're just going to raffle one off. Yeah, sounds good. I like there that. There it is. Um, we'll figure that out another time we'll post about it but um where were we we were talking about omega yes Uh, omega and and how we just don't feel she's useful um god i'm just looking at the one viewer and i'm sad (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i I just feel like there's not enough uh, urgency in the series and not enough um it's just not pushing forward enough. And like, I know yeah. we were only about halfway through the series so far, but it's not doing enough yet. And I'm hopeful that after we kind of hit that hump of the halfway mark, that it's going to start picking up. But then as well, that kind of leads me to pause because as I mentioned earlier, I don't want it to just be a hurry up. Here's the cliffhanger. I want it to be a slow burn where it's really keeping you invested, especially when it is an episodic thing and they are releasing it week by week. You know, we just talked about how getting it all in one bombarding, you know, flood that way you can binge it can be kind of a downfall. Well, if you're not presenting interesting enough content for your episodic, viewing it's also not gonna lead well um so i'm just i'm really hopeful it was it was cute as well after that whole scene where wrecker went after omega to then have them come back and do their whole tradition of uh snacking and doing that and there's really that heartfelt moment but at the same time like we we need to get a little bit more of the pace going yeah no i i completely agree um it's, it's they, they've either got to grab the bull by the horns or get off the pot, you know? Yeah, agreed. And speaking of getting off the pot, when the heck are they going to release that Spidey trailer? 
Oh my God. I don't even want. Okay. I really honestly think, I don't know if my microphone is picking this up, but I am clapping under it and I am mad about it. I think that they're going to make us wait until Black Widow comes out. And if they do that, not only am I going to be pissed, I'm going to applaud them for making us wait that long. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to be more pissed than applauding. Um, you know, everybody had that whole speculation of maybe they're going to release it on Holland's birthday. Maybe they're going to release it on Holland's birthday. Um, they didn't. So we'll <laughs> see. Um, let's see. I want to say... Yeah, maybe they'll release it on Tobey Maguire's, which is the 27th of this month. I doubt it, though. Well, I mean, if they do that, that'd actually be that'd be kind of crazy because that's where the whole Spider-Man movie started. And then that would mm-hmm. give us a reason to be like, holy shit, maybe he is in the movie. Maybe the multiverse is confirmed for this film. But I mean, it kind of is already with Edward Molina dropping the beans on everything. <laughs> also, I know like, that I'm using I these. I give no fucks. Here's, oh my god! I'm on the he's set. so good. <laughs> yeah, he got paid already. He knows what he's doing. He's yeah. good with it. He's like, oh, you thought Holland was the worst, like kept secret keeper? <laughs> nah. All right. So here's the thing. We are so so. Hopefully, we're getting it with Black Widow, which is coming out July 9th. I'm not yes. sure if you already got your tickets. I got tickets for me, my sister, and Kelsey. Um, I do not have tickets yet. Okay, but we're going July 9th by Kelsey's place. If there's a ticket available for a seat next to us, you want me to grab one for you? If you do, I will figure it out. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, now let me know. I'll take a look. Or send me a link to the theater and maybe I'll get two tickets. All right, actually, I'm going to go look real quick while we're recording this. Um... Anyways, uh, yeah, so we're getting, uh, what's it called, um, uh, Black Widow July 9th. After that, uh, what movies are we getting? Tell me. Em. So after Black Widow, we've got Shang-Chi releasing September 3rd, followed by The Eternals on November 5th. And then lastly, we'll finally be seeing Spidey again on the big screen December 17th. Okay, but what if instead of making us wait for Black Widow they release the Spider-Man trailer right before they release the Spider-Man movie. <laughs> they drop it for Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to Space Jam it. <laughs> oh, hey, Space Jam. I cannot wait to watch that movie. I'm finally starting to see the posters driving around LA. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Dude, it's going to be... it. I, I, I completely feel it's going to be awful and not worth it. I cannot yeah. wait to watch it anyways. I cannot wait. It's going to be incredible. I rewatched the original Space Jam the other week. <sighs> that movie. It's immaculate. I don't give a shit what anyone says. That movie is immaculate. <laughs> that movie. It's so good. I watched all of it and enjoyed all of it and sang along to all the songs. But- yeah, exactly. <laughs> But that movie was rough to rewatch. <laughs> I think I think it is one of the few perfect movies out there, um, and I will watch it forever and ever, as well as um, George Clooney's Batman and Robin. Yeah, can just the. With the nip- there was no need for nipples on the suit. There, there was, was no need for nipples. Absolutely need for nipples in the suit. Whoever says what, because they're going to give him a titty twister. 
Exactly. If Pattinson doesn't have nipples on his suit, I'm walking out. No, I'm still going to watch that movie. Uh, yeah, I cannot, honestly, I can't wait for that movie. And I wish they would release a little more information about that so that we could talk about that one as well. But well, we did like get the, like, out for that the little poster where it's the Keaton signal, but then the Watchmen blood drip. Did you see that? No, no, no. No, no that was for um, the was Flash the, movie. Was that for Flash? Yeah, because he's going to be in that movie. Uh, it's going to be the the new Flash movie is going to be the based Flash around Point? Flashpoint where he travels back in time or through time or something like that. Well, yeah, because I know that he's going to Keaton's Batman. Yeah. They had the, the, we talked about that on an episode where they were filming outside of the manor. Yeah. But, yeah. No, I thought there was a, a Batman... Was but that was for Flashpoint. Yeah, it's gonna be for Flashpoint. Yeah. So um, after that, though, to kind of back it up to just before Spidey's, we did have the Eternals trailer drop in our uh, point of not being recording. That was a really awkward way to say that in our <laughs> in our lapse of uh, episodes. We yeah, did the Eternals trailer. Um, there is a lot going on in that movie, so just the trailer good. so far. Um, I am. Oh God, we don't know how long the movie is going to be yet. Oh, I'm sure but... it's going to be at least two hours. You think it's, it's going to be okay? So what I've been seeing in a lot of the reports is that even the the director said that the entire purpose was to almost make end game look small what that seems that's a i it's don't a, like that i know it's a really big thing to say but with the individuals the executives who signed on the director and i am sorry i don't have her name right the director of immortals or eternals, eternals? yeah uh it's looking like Chloe that is Zhao. going to be damn it i was right there um so chloe zhao uh when she initially pitched the movie they the executives were not gonna go for it until they heard her pitch and then apparently the pitch is exactly what sold them to create it and make her director so there is a lot of uh high praise kind of coming right off the get-go from the people involved which Always kind of makes me a little tentative, but at the same time, that trailer looks fantastic. It really, really does. There was a lot going on in it, like we said at the beginning. Also, I just wanted to throw out there, uh, the director of this movie is an Oscar winner, a recent Oscar winner, and she deserves it. What did she do? She won for, what's her name? Chloe, oh, that's Cholo. Why did I type Cholo? No, that's not right. Was it Nomad Nomadland? Uh, first woman of color to win for best director. Yeah, for Nomadland. Yeah. Oh, it was Frances McDormand. Wow. Yeah, that's a fantastic cast. I didn't actually see that, but now I, I do want to go and watch it. But good for her. Like that's that's super rad, and that's also something super cool to be putting on this this uh, this movie is that it's the first Marvel movie that is being directed by an Oscar-winning director. Wow, I didn't know that. But, 
good on her. Like, no, that's fantastic. Especially being a woman, a woman of color, like just good on you. Yes. I'm all about it. Uh, Applause all around. Matt, put some applause in, please make it real quick. Ready? Applause. Stop. That's it. That's all she got. Um, because we've got a lot to cover still, and we are coming up on an hour already. Yes. Um, so yeah, this this movie it's got an incredible cast as well. I mean, you know me; I'm all about casting and whatnot. I mean, I I never thought that I would see Angelina Jolie in a Marvel movie. Everyone thought that that like who who would have honestly thought that? But I mean, you've got Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, Kate, Kit Harrington, all in the same movie. Kit Harrington is yeah. fantastic on his own. Plus, we finally get the Stark brothers reunited for our Game of Thrones fans with Kit Harrington and Richard Madden. Both of them are finally back on a screen together. What, what's Game of Thrones? I've never heard of it. A huge waste of eight years. But <laughs> oh, wah wah! That is so sad. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, yeah, so as well, joining them on the screen, you've got Millie Bobby Brown, Jimmy Chan, Kumail Najani, uh, all fantastic actors. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's going to be. Oh, hold on, where are you seeing Millie Bobby Brown in this? According to the IMDb, maybe I got that wrong. Matt, take out Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> If you no, can. no, no, leave that in there. We, we own up to our mistakes. I'm trying to find out where she is at in this movie. When I Are literally gonna... looked up the Eternals cast on Google, she was the second person, but there's no name listed. So, oh, see, I'm looking at the IMDb page and she's not even on there. I want to know who she's playing. I didn't see her in this. Because she's the only one that isn't actually listed on the IMDb page, but was listed on the Google page. So, we'll see. Really? That is interesting. Yeah, but for sure, Jim, uh, Jimmy Chan and Kumail Najani. Okay, so uh, bringing it back real quick to Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, as Brown stardom continues to rise, this is uh, from Screen Rant, by the way, because uh, we don't fuck with we got this cover out here. Uh, as Brown stardom continues to rise, so do the numbers of casting rumors she finds herself attached to. In the summer of 2019, Brown was said to be cast in an undisclosed role in Chloe Zhao's Eternals. Though there may not or though there may not be an abundance of roles for teens in the MCU just yet, this hasn't stopped the rumor mill. Shortly after rumors ran, or ran rampant, Brown took to social media to debunk the reports. Still, there were predictions Brown still had a role uh, in the film that Marvel Studios was waiting patiently to announce. Based on the Eternals trailer and the lack of confirmation from all parties involved, it seems like Brown was never officially cast in Eternals, meaning she doesn't have any kind of role in the upcoming film. We've seen them do this before, where they deny everything, and then it's like, oh shit, by the way, here I am. Yeah, in like the final after credit scene... Hey, bitch, like... Yeah, exactly. Which is always fun to see because we love something like that. Yeah. But at the same time, it hasn't officially been confirmed, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean... We'll see. I don't know enough about the Eternals, and by enough, I mean anything about the Eternals to say, like, which role I would like her in. Yeah. But I do like Millie Bobby Brown. I think she's, she, super she's fun. good at what she does. And she's been really great in some fantastic 
blockbuster big screen movies because uh, yeah. she was just in Godzilla v Kong, right? Yeah, yeah, she's in GVK. Um, GVK. Uh, she was also in what Enola Holmes. She was in Enola Holmes playing the title character, and then of course she's coming back for Stranger Things season and four, and I think the second Enola Holmes as well. And the second Enola Holmes, because that was also confirmed. That'll be fun to see. Yeah. That'll be very fun to see. Um, yeah, so I, we, we got all this, we got all the way here uh, from the Spider-Man trailer. But um, <laughs> Here we go. This is how it works. On speaking of weekly. Spider-Man, uh, Deadpool? Deadpool with his mask in a bag. Yeah. Does that um, mean what I think it means? So over at MovieWeb, they reported that Ryan Reynolds shares a cryptic Deadpool mask photo. Is his MCU debut imminent? Uh, if you're looking at the photo, I want to say, where did he post it on? Do we know? I think it was either Twitter or Instagram. Uh, probably, it's usually one of those two. Why is it? It was on Instagram. Okay, even better. Now we know. Um yeah, Ryan Reynolds quietly shared a an image on social media that appears to be teasing the return of Deadpool. Of course, Marvel fans will know Reynolds for playing Wade Wilson in the first two Deadpool movies, both of which were smash hits at the box office. I love the Deadpool movies because they are fun, they are funny, they are crude without being offensive. Yes, completely agree. They are so much fun. They toe the line just enough to not be, as you said, offensive, but still border crossing the line. <laughs> now, don't get me border crossing. That's funny. Um, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm not opposed to offensive comedy. I'm not opposed to comedy, like, kind of pushing the limits. But I don't care for comedy where you use racial stereotypes and stuff that's, that just doesn't paint people in a good light. You That's are the butt of the joke. Comedy that does not punch downwards. You yeah. Punch yeah. Exactly. And these movies who are usually written, I want to say he did a lot of the writing in these movies. I believe he did. Yeah. He was heavily involved in the writing process, if not one of the lead writers. Yeah. See, he's just fantastic at what he does. Um, I keep saying that about a lot of people. But Reynolds is just absolutely great. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's the one that leaked the test footage for the original movie to get pushed forwards as well. Oh, so for the initial Deadpool movie, it was written by Rhett Reese and Paul Warnick to give okay. appropriate credit to the writers. And then for Deadpool 2, it was also Rhett Reese and Paul Rennick, but Ryan Reynolds did also come on as a writer. Did he? Good. I'm loving that. Um, he's just funny. And I'm so mad at myself that I didn't like him at first. Well, but that was the thing. When he first kind of came onto the screen, he was just being typecast in those jockey kind of douchey characters because yeah. of the way that he looked. And it was when he really kind of got his foot in the door that he was able to take on the projects that he was really passionate about. And that's something that I absolutely love is seeing... You know, these very clever, witty, smart comedians going in and really taking charge once they have that, you know, yeah. footing. Um, 
Because him and as well, I love his relationship with Rob McKillahenny from It's Always Sunny. Yes. They, the two of them together is a riot and they need to be in a project together. I completely agree with you. Um, I'm I'm kind of hoping that Rob will have a small little part in Deadpool three, <laughs> but I I know that's that's probably not gonna happen. <laughs> you know, maybe a pipe dream, but maybe not. <laughs> you know, uh, just real quick, you know who has a good cast, or not who? Which movie has a good cast? Is um, Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks is a phenomenal cast. It was actually, uh, I, I'm a sucker for that movie. It was one of the first movies I ever saw. I want to say it was the first movie I saw in theaters. Okay. Actually. It could be the first movie I saw on VHS. Mars Attacks, fantastic. Fantastic Fantastic cast. movie. Such a great A cast. God, I need to rewatch it. All right, I think I'll have to do that too. Anyways, uh, talking about this movie, <laughs> we are looking at, and I didn't think I was going to be excited for this movie. I thought I was just going to be like, hey, sure, whatever. It's another, it's another Dwayne Johnson movie. Mm-hmm. Um, DC's League of Super Pets. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I. So when I first heard about it, I was like, cool, a kids movie. Uh, everyone's going to be wearing super pets now and it's just going to be another one of those movies oh look at kevin hart's attached to it too um there we go so you know of course if kevin's there Dwayne's going to be there and they're just going to talk shit to each other the entire time um i just want to say hi to everyone that's watching the stream right now anyways um this is a cool cast you've got john krasinski and the people that i'm naming right now don't have any uh uh, names attached to them or who they're playing. Mm-hmm. So you got John Krasinski, you've got Kate McKinnon, Natasha Leone, Diego Luna. For those of you who do remember, Diego Luna um, played Ghost Rider in uh, Agents of Shield, which is getting retconned. And Vanessa uh, Vanessa Bayer. Also, uh, last but certainly not least, Keanu Reeves is in this movie. What? Yeah, you didn't see that. I didn't. Keanu Reeves is in this movie, and I have no idea who he's playing yet. But right now, we do know that Dwayne Johnson is playing Crypto. And for those of you who don't know, Crypto is um, Superman's dog. dog. And then there's Kevin Hart playing Ace, who I'm not sure who Ace is. Who is Ace? It doesn't say anything for him. Uh, Ace. Not hardware. Oh, no. Who's Ace? Ace the Bat Hound. It's Batman's dog. Oh, (laughs) Kevin Hart as Batman's dog is going to be the best. I, I love this movie already. And I just saw... That the original voice actor for um for Batman from the Batman animated series, uh, Kevin Conroy, is attached. Seeing him back in action, I mean, we saw him in the uh, the uh, the Batman or the Batman video games, uh, yes. Arkham Asylum and whatnot. But seeing him back in action on the, like in a movie, I love it. I love it already. I cannot wait for this movie. It looks like it's being directed by Jared Stern and Sam Levine. I know uh, Sam Levine did uh, Wreck-It Ralph, um, those types geez. of things. The director, Jared Stern, was a writer on Lego Batman, The Watch, The Internship. Um, yeah, he's directed... Oh, 
he directed Happy Anniversary, which is a fantastic, fun uh, Netflix movie with Ben Schwartz, whom I love, and Noel Wells. Oh, um, ben Schwartz is the best. He's so funny. He's so good. It's really fun. It's about a couple who decides whether or not they need to break up on their three-year anniversary. Really fun. Not at all related to this podcast, but it was a, it was a cute movie. Um, well, I mean, it can be related. Maybe we'll watch it and talk about that another time. Anyways, uh, yeah, go on. Continue. Yeah, so then the other director, Sam Levine, he was additional crew for Wreck-It Ralph. He was the director of Robot and Monster, which is a TV series, kids show. And then Pen Zero, also, it looks like a kids uh, animated show. And, ooh, he was in the animation department for Tarzan. Which I love that movie. Thank you, Phil Collins, for everything you did for that movie. He did not have to go that hard, and yet he, he did, did and we appreciate hard. it every day. Oh, God. I love it every single day. They need to release that one on vinyl, that soundtrack. Well, it just melts because of the fire that it's spinning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I hate you for that. That's funny. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, I, I didn't think that I was going to be excited for this movie. But as it turns out, I am. Um, art direction is being done by Kristen Anderson. Kristen Anderson is known. Oh, she was in the art department for Mad Max Fury Road. Ooh. That's fun. I like that. Um, I Frankenstein, Terra Nova, X-Men Origins, Wolverine. I fucking hate that movie. <gasps> she was a senior draftsperson for Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Probably one of the out. best Star Wars movies. What? I just wanted to see your reaction. I know you, I, you are a sucker for Revenge of the Sith. It's such a good movie. Uh, anyways, we gotta. We should probably wrap this episode up. Anyways, um, we should. Yeah, um, DC League of Super Pets. I am excited for this movie, and I I shouldn't be. Um, hopefully, it turns out good. I really would hate to see this movie bomb because Kate McKinnon is fun. Like everyone they have here is just super, really, really good at what they do. Fantastic actors. Um, yeah. Fantastic comedy actors too. So it's going to be a fun, a fun movie to just kind of put on, have a good, however long it is and just laugh, laugh, maybe some feels. We'll see. Oh, Hey, Oh no, I fucked up. Oh my God. Yeah. I fucked up super hard. Um, I was super wrong about Diego Luna. I was getting him mixed up with, I want to say Gabriel Luna. Gabriel. Yeah. Cause Diego Luna was in rogue one. Yeah. Oh my God. Gabriel Luna is the guy that played. Holy shit, Matt. I'm so sorry for everything I just said. Um, okay. So Diego Luna <laughs> is Cassie and Andor. Uh, from yes. Rogue One and also the upcoming Andor series. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the tomfoolery from me. I am. We got to end the episode. I got to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> got You got to go think about that embarrassment for a little while. Oh, no. I, I can't believe this episode's coming out soon. I'm so mad at myself. <laughs> Anyways, guys, this is. <laughs> 
I, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I had a lot of good time uh, recording it, and it really feels good to be back. It feels uh, nice to be here with you guys. Thank you for all of you that watched on the live stream. Yes, and, thank you, thank uh, you. Thank you for listening in again, guys. Like We really appreciate you guys more than you can know. Um, I can't wait to see what we do next, and I can't wait to see how you guys react to it next. Uh, we'll be posting about the... Um, contest soon i'm just gonna iron out the details with ida and matt yep. and we'll go from there also if you want to come on and talk about it and sit through a whole ass episode with us let us know let we us are... know we are always happy to help you they or not help you uh, happy to have you it's gonna be a good time you know it's always a good time with us yeah <laughs> for a good time call geekly okay. bi-weekly <laughs> <laughs> um we're not that kind of podcast anymore. It's been a good time, anymore. guys. Anymore? It's been... <laughs> uh, we love you. Um, yes, we love be you. Be good to each other. Stay safe. Uh, don't act a fool. And if someone gets up in your face, uh, slap a hoe, you know? Yeah. That's my advice for today. Um, this has been Geekly Bi-Weekly. And the bye and bi-weekly right now means B-Y-E, as in bye, we gotta go. Bye-bye. All right, seriously, though. Love you guys. Thank you. Love you. Uh, be good. Where's the stop record button, goddamn?